For WCYB Digital Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding, here with Steve Morgan, the Editor-in-Chief of Cybercrime Magazine. Also joining us is Mobology Adeolu, Cybercrime Magazine's Creative Director. First off, Mo, thank you for joining us. And did I get your name right? Because I know we always joke around about the pronunciation because we call you Mo in the office. Yeah, I mean, pretty close. Like people, you know, say like, it sounds like apology. So, so if you can say apology, mobology. <laughs> so I think, kind of the same. I think you're pretty close, yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Excited to be here, you know, first time on the Spicy Show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great to have you on the podcast. So, Mo, you're the creative brains behind many of our projects, going from our social media short videos to remote videos up to something really big like the Women Know Cyber documentary. That was a huge project. I'm sure you remember it well. It gave you many sleepless nights, I'm sure. My biggest question is, how do you decide what makes it into the video and what ends up on the cutting room floor? And the reason I'm asking that is the Women Know Cyber Doc, the reason I'm highlighting it is that's like 40 something minutes long. It's this huge project we did what was it, like over 10 interviews? I mean, that was a huge thing. How do you take the best bits and actually turn them into a story? Yeah, so for me, like my approach to every video is I always want to know the audience, like what's the target audience? So that's why I usually say Steve is the best test. (laughs) So, you know, Steve is actually the target audience. So if anything can go past Steve, I think I'll be fine. (laughs) He's our first tester. Exactly. So that's why every time I'm always trying to listen to every feedback, like even if it sounds off or technically might not sound right, I still, you know, try to listen and see how I can incorporate that when I'm trying to edit. So definitely knowing the audience. So Steve is the ultimate audience. So every feedback, every brief, everything Steve says, I take it, you know, very, very seriously. So why the audience is very important is when I'm looking through maybe an hour's worth of footage or 40 minutes of footage, which I'm going to cut down to like five minutes. I'm always looking out for, from a CISO's perspective, what am I looking out for in a video that would make me want to buy this product or something? Or is the same thing with characters. So if you're telling a character story, what would drive an emotion from the audience, you know, to want to keep watching? Right. So I try to apply the same technique from telling, you know, a character story into like, a corporate type video. And cybersecurity is a very, very, very unique space. You know, it has its own unique challenges because it's always like, okay, what can you use to describe what this person is talking about? How is it going to resonate with, you know, the audience and things like that? So it has its own unique challenges because prior to this, I used to do more of character storytelling because that one, I know I'm just trying to reach out to people's emotions. That one is pretty easy to do. But when it comes to corporate stuff, specifically cyber, it has its own unique challenges. So that's always the, the things I'm always looking out for. So once I know the audience, so I'm always looking for, okay, what's this person saying that when a CISO or someone sees it would be able to connect to the video. So yeah, that's always like the first, you know, things I'm always looking out for. Then also I'm always looking out for repetitions because people say things in different ways, you know, and always listening to, okay, this person is actually saying the same thing, but just in a different way. <laughs> yeah. So which one do you leave? Which one exactly. Do you yeah. So that's always like the choice, you know? So I think overall, it's always about balance. Well, something that was really impressive to me, Steve, is when we watched the, this was a pretty recent video, if you guys are listening to around the time this podcast was published, it is the Roger Grimes and it's Hacking MFA. And that was a video where we had a crew down there in Florida. They filmed Roger. We actually had Hillary who, again, listeners should know as one of our podcast hosts, she went down because she does a podcast with Roger to interview him in person. And we just got so much material. I think Roger, it was about an hour's worth of material. It might have been a little less, but 
it was somewhere around there because we wanted to make sure we covered everything when we were talking to him and we had the opportunity to be there with him. But then we watched the final product and it's five minutes long. We were looking at that, Steve, and we were like, wow, this is really interesting. So I'm just curious if you have any reactions, Steve, to kind of what Mo is saying, because I'm usually the one watching some of the raw footage and kind of getting that behind the scenes scoop. And I know you, you can't always do that. Of course, you don't always have the time to do that, but you're always seeing the final product. So even on the Roger video, or you could pick another one of your favorites, but I'm just trying to think about something like that. Well, first, I just want to say, you know, if you can't pick it up yet, I, I think most people listening probably can. Mo's a lot of fun, <laughs> you know, and you have to have fun doing what you're doing. You know, we work hard here, but we definitely have a lot of fun. And Mo helps, you know, make this a fun environment. He has a great sense of humor. So you just enjoy, you know, walking in the office and seeing him. And, you know, that's a really big deal for me, you know, having the right people working here for us. Having said that, I feel like, you know, we take Mo for granted sometimes. That's a compliment just because we're used to him. We've now done so much of this. So you talk about hacking MFA. We got over an hour's worth of footage, I think that was distilled down to five minutes. I think my personal interaction with Mo on that might've been five minutes. If you go back two years ago when he was working on some projects, you know, maybe I spent, you know, hours together going back and forth on things just so that I could understand how do we do what we do and, you know, how do we go through all of this footage? At this point, there's just so much trust in what he does, which is why he was promoted. And, you know, at this point, he oversees our creative. He gives us feedback on a lot of stuff, not just what he directly oversees in so far as video, but if we're producing something for the radio or the podcast, like he just has that mind and I know he can see what we're listening to. So he always has great feedback on that. I think that's an important distinction too, Mo, is you might not be working on something, but still come in at the feedback stage. And that's just a product of our office as well. It's an open office for anyone that hasn't been here. So we can kind of just all listen to things, give our thoughts about it. And if you have a thought about something, it doesn't mean you might even be working on that project, but it might be, okay, wait, what if we think about this or that? And it's kind of for all of us to open up and have a discussion about. Steve, I was hoping you could share a story just because I know it. And I do think it's a very interesting story is how you guys first got in touch because I joined the company around the time I think you guys were talking with Mo, you had already done some work with him, and then you guys wanted to hire him, and that was a discussion when I was here. It's like, we want to get this guy Mo to come and look at his work. I think Mo even hired you for some like freelance projects, just remote editing stuff at that time, and then, of course, you joined us full-time. And I know your first day is going to be a fun story, oh, but yeah. I just want to hear from you, Steve. How did you guys first connect, and what was your reaction to first meeting Mo? Sure. So I think like a lot of companies, when you do something early on, you reach to the outside, you hire contractors. When we first met Mo, we weren't doing nearly the type of production we do now. I don't think we even had a future vision for what we were going to be doing. We were just working on you know, a couple of specific projects. We were fortunate enough to find Mo. And as a contractor, you know, he got involved. He did outstanding work for us. And at the time, my daughter was actually working here, Carrie, who has since gone off to New York City. And, you know, she's in the financial world and, you know, she has a great career, but it was a good stepping stone. But at any rate, when she was here, after meeting Mo and seeing the work he did, I remember saying, you know, you have to stay in touch with him because I want to hire him. He belongs here. But Mo just wasn't available, which, which was understandable. He was on other projects and, you know, he has a lot of experience. So I said, just keep talking to him. Just stay in touch with him and let's see, you know, if at one point he'd be interested. And over months, he did some other work for us on other projects. And then finally, one day, he just 
you know, got in touch with us and said, you know, the time might be right if you're still interested. And yeah. so he came. <laughs> it was easy. I think we sat down with each other. I already knew that we wanted him to be here. And then we were fortunate enough that he accepted. And, you know, it's history from there. Well, Mo, one of the funniest things, I think, was your first day because um, <laughs> it was us going down to Florida to film the No Before documentary. You even came in before you were like officially, you know, hired and it was your technical first day to just like go over some stuff. But literally your first day is meeting you in Florida, You're taking a flight, going down there. It was like, we're hiring you because we got this huge project to do and we know we need your help. So did you think we were crazy at that time? Like, no, no, I don't no know. absolutely not. Because like personally, like I love new like challenges. I just enjoy challenging myself because prior to that, you know, I was doing like documentaries, like character storytelling. And I was lucky enough to be selected to have one of my documentaries screen at Sundance. I mean, I, I was very used to character storytelling because that was... That's where you came from. Yeah, where I came from. So and when I wanted to join here and Steve said, okay, your first project is we're doing a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I was like, wait, and it's a corporate documentary. I'm like, wow, this is, this is something different. You know, because I'd done like some corporate stuff. I'd done something for Total. I'd done some minor, you know, small projects, but not at the scale of no before. So I was like, okay, all right, let's go. So we got there and, you know, and the challenge for me on no before was, because normally it's pretty easy for me to think of the edits of, you know, the story and things like that. But, but no before had like, you know, multiple layers. Yeah, there was a lot in there. Yeah, so, so multiple layers to it. But I mean, yeah, it was a very, very fun experience. And that was also the first doc that the company did as well. I yeah, think that's absolutely. important to yeah, mention. Yeah, you know, yeah. that was our first really big project. We had filmed videos before, but they were more podcast focused, more yeah. interview based. This was like a, we had to create a story out of a lot of interview footage. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm very excited. Like it came out great. And I learned a lot on that project. You know, yeah. Like, I think we all did. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, that was, that was where I really appreciate like Steve's guidance on, you know, the cyberspace because learning new terminologies and things like that, but I was not yeah. used to, you know, but, but yeah, very exciting, you know, and it's been how uh, many years now is it? I think we're over three years. Now? Yeah, over 20, three years. Summer of 2019. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. So it's been a fun ride, you know, and having you know a great team, you know, because I love saying this, you know, like uh, teamwork makes the dream work. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve, was there one video that you just got a lot of positive feedback on? I'm I'm thinking back to something like Steve Katz, which was also another interesting thing for us because. That was, although it was somewhat similar to what we were doing, it was still a little bit different to a lot of the videos we had done previously. And that's just one that comes to mind off the top of my head, but I'm sure you have a lot. You know, it wouldn't necessarily be some of these high profile figures, even though we're fortunate to have them and, and we've had, you know, quite a few of them at the end of the day, they don't present the same challenge that a new format does. Now I came to the two of you and, and Mo in particular took this on. It was the idea of a quote CISO show. Now, before we even produced this series, it came out of an unexpected interview that we did at the RSA conference last year. And I showed it to Mo and said, hey, could we take this and somehow turn this into a show? So we had Hillary McClure interviewing Roger Grimes, and the two of them were great. And they were talking about a particular topic that was of interest to the CISO community. And I said, what if we were to have a format where we have a host, we have a guest expert, and then we bring in you know, four or five CISOs who we've interviewed and Mo just somehow made it easy. You know, that's very complicated. And he just made it very easy to approach. And, you know, we talked it through. 
and it's turned into a fantastic series that we're producing for No Before Now. I think we've produced four or five episodes, and we're going to do this over the next year. I think we're going to produce a total of 24 episodes when we're done with this thing. So if anyone hasn't seen it, just go to YouTube and type in CISO Show, and you'll see it. And really, that you know was a great production. I think that's a good point, is we had this kind of new thing, almost like an accident, like the Bob Ross happy accidents. As you're going along painting, you discover new things. And I think Mo, one of the biggest things I wanted to ask you about before we go here is the separation between an audio production and a video production. What makes us do video for some things, but not for others? Because we have to decide sometimes between those two when it comes to a new project. Yeah. Technically for me, there is not so much of a difference between both of them because, you know, even in filmmaking, I learned something that audio is 50% of a video. And also like, if your video is bad, as long as sound is good, people will still like go through the video. But if the sound is bad and you have like very good visuals, I mean, people can watch that. Yeah. So that's why even for every video like we do, sound is always like first. So it's always like sound first. So what makes us decide is maybe if we feel the video that was produced with the, you know, with the audio was, you know, doesn't, you know, look that good or sometimes or maybe would not serve that medium because it needs to be, you know, long, you know, long form, you know, because for video, I usually gravitate towards short form for videos because people's attention span is pretty short. And that's why the TikToks and the rest of them are like, you know, doing pretty well because short form. But for audio, it lends more to like long form, you know, and also the audience we have they tend to appreciate longer form content. Right. If yeah. they want an interview, they're okay listening to it. Exactly. For, they might not be the TikTok generation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So so they could listen for like 30 minutes, you know, 40 minutes, an hour. And it's listening because you could just put, you know, your device somewhere and just keep listening. But video, you have to like watch. And on the flip side too, the CISO show, Steve, that you just brought up, those videos are what, at the top, maybe five, yeah, maybe five, six minutes yeah, six for the stops. longest. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, those are, I would call that pretty short content. It's not TikTok short, you know, it's not a 60 second video or something like that, but we do some of those long form things and we do some of those short form things. So it's a good mix of content. Yeah. And also like there are different ways people consume media. Some prefer just audio, just listening. Some prefer just watching. So for me, I'm I mean, definitely I'm biased towards video. So like, I'm like video first. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I enjoy watching video. So, and part of it is because I want to see the people talking. I want to see the expressions because I leave off that. Yeah. So audio too is good, you know, but I prefer audio on the longer side. So if it's a long form content, yeah, definitely. So what was your favorite project that you work on, Mo? Because I know we're trying to blend a lot of the times, as you were saying before, the business side of things, cybersecurity. It's a difficult concept to distill down for video. Steve, I know we work hard on that all together, but I'm just curious, Mo, did you have like a favorite video that you've worked on so far? I don't really have a favorite, but I feel the No Before documentary, that was the video I really like, you know, helped define my process. You know, yeah. like I learned a lot from that project. So I was so excited doing that as my first project because like it shaped my, you know, how I work now. Definitely. So, yeah. Steve, any final thoughts before we go? You listen to Mo, you listen to just top people who do anything in any field and you want to know more, but at some point, you know, you just can't describe it. You have to work with them. You have to just, you know, see what that final output is. Mo has 
something in his brain, I don't really understand it, like how he looks at things and he just sees things that we don't necessarily see. That even gets down to photography. I don't know if he would call himself a professional photographer or not. I would. Technically. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not what he does every day because he's doing so many other things. But whenever we need a shot, we go to Mo. And it's funny. I had the New York Times come in and they did a photo shoot. We had other newspapers, Newsday, for hours just trying to get that perfect shot. Mo's given us so many perfect shots in <laughs> literally in 30 seconds. Like yeah. he'll just get his camera yep. and he'll just say to me, stand there, sit down, click, click, click. And these are like amazing photos that we've now used for the past couple of years. I agree. Yeah. Your photo, Steve, now, presently, that's the... The money shot. The money shot. That's what we call it internally. That's, <laughs> that's a really good photo. It's you in the chair yeah. for anyone who may have seen it in some of our media. So we use that all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Mo, thank you so much for joining us. I know it was your first time on mic, and we really appreciate you coming on for this yeah, podcast. thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Next time video, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That'll be the next time of the year. So. I'll film you. <laughs> no, all right. No. Thank you both. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. To follow all of our media, go to cybercrimemagazine.com. 